back and we're just going to touch briefly on uh, our topic last week, uh, Power from on High, um, and that was Acts 1-8 and Acts 2-1-4. through 4. We're going to just briefly go over that to kind of take you to where I'm going right now. The Bible says in Acts 1-8, says what? Amen. So the uttermost, uttermost parts of the earth is so that we can go out and be disciples. Amen. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says. Amen. Filled all the house. Filled all the house where they were sitting. So we know that the Bible tells us that they shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. We also know that the experience would be a major difference. They're receiving the Holy Ghost is a major difference between what Judaism and uh, others teach, right? We know that there is going to be an experience when the power of God comes in us and fills us with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongue. Amen. And you know that we had a tremendous uh, move of God on uh, Pentecost Sunday. Again, Pentecost is not an organization or a denomination. It is an experience. Amen. So we left off where you're going to be, uh, you, you will have power from on high. Why do you need power from on high? To defeat the enemy. Power. Yes. To be a witness. Very good. It changes, right? Which, that, that's a good answer because what happens is, is when the Holy Ghost is in you, your old ways start to change. Because the Holy Ghost starts to quicken when you start to let the old man come back out, the Holy Ghost goes, no, wait a minute, put on the brakes, pump the brakes. That was the way that they were going to know them, that they were a witness and that they were of Christ, is they knew there was a change in them. There was a change in someone that was filled with the Holy Ghost. Their life was transformed. That's why the Word of God said we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. This old creature was a nasty old creature, but when Christ came in, he changed the old creature into a new creature in Christ, which became a new creature. So we're going to talk about the power to choose. With only an unregenerated single nature, they had no real choice. The carnal nature allowed them insufficient 
motivation to keep the law according to the standards of Moses and Jesus. But now, with the new nature of Christ dwelling in them, there was reason, there was purpose, and deep inner motivation for them to uh, be believers of Christ and to be and to make different choices in their walk with God, in their decision-making, right? It changed. Their decision-making changed. And to be a Christian, you start changing what, you know, there's, there's ways that you've done things, you know, uh, we all have ways that are not sinful ways. I'm talking about in the house, you know, a certain way that you'll do something in the house and you, you either learn that from your, your mother or your father or, you know, and it's just passed down generation to generation. So you do it, right? And, 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 and a child learns from their mother or their parent, right? And they do the same thing that they're, and, and so unless someone changes that, uh, you know, and says, son, why are you doing it like that? Well, that's the way dad did it. Well, uh, how did grandpa do it? Well, grandpa did it that way. Well, isn't there a better way to do it maybe, right? And I think there's an old story that talks about that, uh, uh, cutting a, the ham, the end of a ham off. Uh, and it was because grandma or great-grandma, one of them didn't have a big enough ham for that, that piece of meat to fit in her pot. All I hear is mumbling. So if you're gonna, if you have the answer, you gotta speak out. Did someone? Okay. So so to fit it in, they cut that end off, right? And so generation after generation just kept cutting it off until finally someone said, "Well, why do we cut the end off?" It was only because the pot wasn't big enough to handle the the ham, right? And so when the Lord comes into our lives, though, when the Lord comes into our lives, there are, there are things that the power of God, the Holy Ghost will begin to change that, we have, that have been ingrained in us, that are uh, 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 ways of old that have to be, that God starts working on. Amen. Just because I've done it like this all the time doesn't mean that I'm going to continue to do it this way with Christ in me. Amen. And when the Lord comes in you and, and fills you with the Holy Ghost, you become a new creature in Christ. And then you have to make a conscious decision that I'm going to be a Christian. It's, it's got to be a conscious decision. I've got to make a conscious decision. I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what, I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what, I'm getting up this morning, I'm going to pray. Conscious decision. If I don't make that conscious decision to get up and pray and read my word, I can tell you what's going to happen. Not going to happen, right? So I have to make a conscious decision and choose to read the word of God, choose to pray, because if I don't choose that very quickly, this old temple that the Holy Ghost lives in will begin to deteriorate. The old man will begin to start taking back over. The old thoughts will begin to creep back in. The old heart, you know, out of the mouth, the heart, right? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're, if you're not changing the heart, if you're not feeding the heart, the spirit, if you don't feed the spirit with good stuff, I, I think there's, uh, you know, garbage in, you get garbage out. 
So if I put garbage in, I'm going to get garbage out. If I put good stuff in, like the Word of God, I'm going to get good stuff out. Amen. And, and I want to I want to be, I'm not telling you it's easy being a Christian today. I'd be lying if I said it's easy to serve God, but it is easier to serve God now while he's here than what it's going to be the day that he has called his people home and the devil has been loosed and there is no Holy Ghost here. Nobody will be able to serve you know, no one will be able to serve at that point. So without conversion and the new birth, a man is basically self-centered. He is self-willful and usually looking out for Mr. Number One. But now he can choose to walk in the flesh or after the Spirit in Galatians 5, 16. I'm going to throw you some at you there, sister. Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the what? The Let me tell you something. If I don't wake up and pray every day, there are things in the flesh that will want to take over. Walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Give me Romans 8, 1 through 1, 8, 1, and 4 through 6. Eight one. Anybody? All right, go ahead. Four. Okay. So every day, I've got to make a choice to get up. Every day, I've got to make a choice that I'm going to serve God, regardless of a brother or a sister or a mother or a father, a daughter or a son, husband or wife. I'm, I've got to make a decision. Today is the day of salvation. I'm going to serve God. I'm going all the way with him. Amen? I, I, if I don't, then I'm going to be carnally minded. I want to be spiritually minded because if I'm spiritually minded, there's life in that, and there's peace being spiritually minded, right? But if I'm carnally minded, then there are things that will affect me because now I'm thinking in the flesh. And there are ways that I try to fix things in the flesh, right? What would one of the ways of trying to fix something in the flesh versus going to the Lord with something? You don't have to go deep, deep. You can just be shallow. Say it again. Right. We think we, right. We think we can go using your own logic. That's it. Elvis sung that song. I did it my way, and he went to the grave doing it his way. Acting off impulse. What would one of the ways of acting off impulses? What's one? What's one way that's an impulse for for people? Anger. Whoever said that? Anger. A quick reply. 
supply. Man went, well, BC, anything just flew out my mouth. But since Christ came into my life, oh, I'm like, Lord, Lord, until you have something good to say, keep this mouth shut. Because the flesh and the, without no spiritual prayer and no reading of the word want to hurt somebody. And then they go, you a Christian? That came out of your mouth? And you call yourself Christian? Someone turned the air down up here, didn't they? I expect. Yes, sir. You did good, sir. Thank you. I'm getting cold. I, I don't know if y'all cold yet, but I'm starting to get cold. But anyway, we, we have it at 70-some degrees, but back there, 71. So crank myself back in. So if I'm not careful and I'm walking in the flesh, listen, if we don't walk in the spirit, we're going to fail. Amen? I want to be a good example to my children and to the church and to the folks that I I associate with in the community. I don't want them to see the old Alan Reynolds. I don't ever want the old Alan Reynolds to ever, ever show himself. Right? So for me to keep the old Alan under the blood and to keep the old Alan at bay, I must get up and pray. And I must read the word of God. I must feed the spirit with his word so that I will be able, and, and it's a conscious decision. I'm telling you, anything can happen and I can wake up and go, you know, I'll get that later. Weather can be a factor, right? Children can be a factor. Grands can be a factor. Let me just go on. I'll, I'll catch back up with him later. Get up five minutes late and feel like you don't have no time to pray with Jesus. And go, I'm coming back. I'll come back to that. Then you get home, 6, 6.30. You fix a dinner. Throw the dishes in the sink. Throw some soap on them. Put them in a strainer. Now, 8.15. You say, you know, I'm going to just take a breather for a moment. Let me cross my legs, take a load off my feet. <laughs> right? Try to get up like that and pray. Your mind cannot and will not focus on who and what you need to be praying for, let alone being able to pray in the Spirit. So you're going to have to choose choose to be a Christian. I have found the life source, a well of living water, not just another cistern or stagnated pool. The Holy Ghost experience and power will motivate one to choose to love. Without the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something. Without the Holy Ghost, you cannot love me. Bottom line. You can't love me. You might Say it to my face, you love me. But deep down inside, without the Holy Ghost, you can't love me. Because the Lord, you, well, okay. Uh, so the Holy Ghost, sometimes, as a shepherd, has. He, I have to say, 
what the Lord tells me to say. And it's not always, you know what, you keep on doing good there, little sheep. Yeah, oh yeah, you keep on doing a good job. Over here lying, cheating, and stealing, right? Oh, you're doing good. The Lord don't let me play that game. If I come out, if he tells me somebody cheating and stealing and I come off the platform with the word cheating and stealing, you better put the coat on because God's speaking. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, the very first thing is, is you're going to feel like I am attacking you. And I'm not. That's the Lord trying to get you your attention. He don't know it, but I'm speaking to you. He don't know anything. He, he don't, all he's doing is being my mouthpiece. And now you're hating him. But, but to, you, to love people, you've got to have the Holy Ghost to love people. Because love for other people does not come natural. Love for your children comes natural. Love for a mom and dad will come natural. After you grow up and get mature. Then you realize they know everything. You just should have listened. You just didn't listen. Right? But, love for Bishop, for Brother McNeil, Sister McNeil, does not come natural. The Holy Ghost brings that love. It allows you not to see color. Allows you to look past language barriers. Allows you to look past cultures, ways, and, and people's actions. Even when you're wronged, the power of love and God's spirit in you causes you to go, I forgive you. Even though that's not easy, but the power of God, help, God bless you, helps you to have the spirit of love. And love is a choice. Isn't it? Love is a choice. And those and those who may seem naturally unlovable to him will appear in a different light. In Acts 4, the church exercised their power to choose. They changed their attitudes toward one another and even toward their possessions. Selfishness was replaced by generosity, unity, and sharing replaced stubborn, self-centered living. They, they became others, uh, listen to this, they become, became others-minded. So others-minded would be mindful of Brother and Sister McNeil instead of my needs. Others would be, others minded would be Doug, whose home was in a mess because of a family taking their life, who had no way of figuring anything out. When you become others minded, it's no longer about you anymore. And when you become others minded, here's what you're doing you're actually exemplifying Christ. They'll go, I, I, I've never seen this. I've asked people to do this. I, I've, 
Even family wouldn't do what you're doing. What's different about you? It's not me. It's him. Without him, I wouldn't be doing what I do. Amen? So when you become others-minded, that's another sign that the Holy Ghost is operating in you because you take away what you need and set aside. And you invest that in what someone else is in need of. They became others-minded. Love became their emblem as Jesus had said it would be. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples because ye have loved one, one to the other. Such love was itself a demonstration of power. It was powerful enough to suffer when wronged, to resist the tendencies to return evil for evil and to overcome self-serving, self-seeking temptations. It was powerful enough to allow the gospel to be seen, not just heard Sometimes you're not going to get a speak. You've got to live this thing out. You've got to, you've got to live this out. Sometimes I don't even get a speak. There are going to be times your testimony is in how you act on the job, how you talk on the job, how you talk at the coffee pot, how you talk at lunch, how you talk to your guests or your customers or whoever you serve on your job or whatever you take care of on your job, however you act is going to speak louder than your words will ever speak. And they know there's something different when you go that second mile. When no one else does. Right? The ID Act. How many of you had to fool with the ID Act, the new ID Act? None of you? I had to go to that new real ID thing, and, you know, showing more information of that I'm Alan Reynolds and I live where I you do, yeah. So my first experience was that I had to, I had to man, you know, you had to electronically schedule a point. Well, July 3rd, you're no longer, if I got caught driving on my license, that was going to be a, they were taking my license. And so... To me, I would be lost without my license. So I went down the DMV, I guess it was yesterday morning, and I said, and I didn't take dummy. I didn't take any of my paperwork. I just, because I didn't think you could do a walk-in. I thought you had to, and I'm like, I went to the manager. I said, sir, I said, I'm in a bad situation. I said, my license will be no good come July 3rd and you all can't see me till July 5th because I tried to register online and you all told me the only time I can get in. He said, sir, you can walk right in. He said, you may have to wait for a couple hours, but just, but you can walk right on in. I said, man, if I'd have known that, why didn't you say that in the email instead of telling me I had to manually? Because I would have done that. So I run home. It's raining. I run home, I said, you know what, this is the time to do this. The place is packed. But still, it's raining. I'm figuring that you can't do nothing in the rain anyway. This is a good time to kill some time. Take all my stuff. In the rain, I go. I went to Mr. Sir, the manager. I said, I'm here. What do I do now? 
He said, you see that line down there? Mm. I do, sir. He said, well, you need to get in that. Thank you, sir. I get in that line, and it probably took 30 minutes. God bless you. took 30 minutes to get a ticket to sit and wait for the next person that could see you. And at first, I was like, well, God, it's raining. It's going to be all right. I, I, it's just me and you, all these people around here. All of a sudden, that manager said, sir, are you B-73? I said, I most certainly am. He said, well, just come on back here. I'll take care of you. I said, you know, the Lord knows. The Lord will take care of his people. They told me I was looking two to three hours. I came out in 45 minutes. Rain was still coming. But when you demonstrate the power and the glory of God, God will elevate and make doors and open doors for you that no man can open, nor can they shut them. But if I'd have went in there and said, dude, do you see that line? You want me to go over there and stand in that line? Oh, I would have been there till five, four o'clock. I'd have been there till four o'clock because I would have exhibited what everybody else was exhibiting. They were all, I mean, everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Man, you believe this? They should, they should pull out a whole bunch of other people. They know that they were making all of us come in here with all this stuff. What are they doing to us? Our, our tax dollars paying for all this. <laughs> right? I was just, I was listening, right? I'm like, ain't nothing you can do about it. You can sit there and run your mouth all you want, but it isn't going to speed the process up. And I'm sitting there watching this lady and this, and you know, to me, the teller seems so lifeless. Or, and no compassion. She looked at this lady's stuff and she said, she said, did you read what you needed? She said, you're short a document. I was like, oh, man. She didn't even go, I am so sorry. But you are lacking one. You know what I mean? She just said, did you, did you read the email of what you needed? Because here's the piece of paper. This is what you need for me to finish yours. I don't know about you, but I wasn't feeling no love for that moment. I'm going, Lord, I hope I don't get her. I was. I was like, hmm. I went back, I opened up my email on my phone. I'm like, okay, I got that. Yeah, I got that. I got that, that. You know, you had to have four or five different forms of information with you. But, you know, there, if, if, you will, if you will allow Jesus, amen, if you will choose this day that when I wake up, my mind, no matter what is happening, whether I owe a bill, whether I owe an electric bill, whether I owe a car payment, whether I have a child that's not in church, Lord, this day is your day. And, Lord, I choose today to wake up with you on my mind. The Holy Ghost will give you, give the believer power to choose righteousness. The power of Pentecost helped the early church to resist compromise in order to be popular. I'll never, I'm not going to be popular. People of the world know that Pentecostals have the ability to commit any sin. Just because you're filled with the Holy Ghost does not mean you will not commit sin. That's true. 
but it had the spirit of the Holy Ghost in you allows you if you keep that connection to send radars that go danger danger you're looking at something you shouldn't be looking at danger you're listening to something you shouldn't be listening to danger you're thinking you're thinking on something you shouldn't be it's getting ready to enter your and dangers begin to pray pray because something bad is about to happen but without the Holy Ghost I can't sense those things right I can't sense it so it will not keep you from committing sin or even indulging in the lust in any fashion that anyone else can so when they don't it makes an impact when you do not Right when you do not allow peer pressure to cause you to get to tearing down your husband because this other so-and-so or sister so-and-so or whatever so-and-so is tearing their husband down and now all of a sudden you just are drawn into the conversation and you start tearing down your wife or you tear down your husband or you tear down your wife right that that very quickly is showing that your your walk with God is very shallow because quickly I, I learned very quickly at the coffee pot everybody talked about their spouse I just quit going to the coffee pot because a couple times we almost got into fist fights because I'm like you shouldn't be talking about your wife or your husband because they ain't even here to defend themselves you want everybody else to think they're the bad person and, and they're not even here to defend themselves so true choosing is a power and it and it is part of the Pentecostal package the power to stand the Holy Ghost gives you the power to stand against everything it was no easier to live for God in the first century than to than today the setting was wasn't really that different from now they were surrounded by idolatry homosexuality fornication greed and all the rest of the stuff that was going on the temptation to step back into their old life was always present, but the power from on high enabled them to stand. Listen, there's always going to be a temptation for you to go back. Especially when you haven't been praying. Whatever your weaknesses were, B.C., before Christ, and before the Holy Ghost, those weaknesses will rise back up. That's why if I, if I was to not pray, not read the word of God, and I went to a crab feast, and I smelled alcohol, and my friends were like, Al, do a Boilermaker. Well, I haven't done a Boilermaker in a long time. I better not. Oh, man, try it. Plop. Fizz. Chug. Right? What would happen? Because I had no, no power. Because I had no power to say, no, nah, not today. Not today. I'll have a Coke. And that's what they're going to do. It. That's what they're going to do. They're going to laugh at me. But I'm going to be like, that's okay. When I get to the pearly gate and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. 
and they were unwilling to give up the bowler maker. But that's what they do. Since they like, oh no, well, you all starchy for me now. You too stiff necked. You too. You just. You can't have no fun. Shoot, I've had better fun since I came to Jesus than I've ever had in my life. I've had better health. I've had more finances in my pocket than I've ever had before. Amen. I, I mean, God has been good to me. Amen. Sometimes you've got to go back. Sometimes you've got to rewind the film and look back at where God brought you from and where you are today to go, you know what? God's really been good to me. Could I complain? Yes, I could, could complain. But I, he's been too good to me for me to start complaining now. So they needed a moral and ethical resistance beyond the scope of natural resistance. See, most people, most people don't have a good moral, ethical resistance. All it takes is, you know, um, mind a little bit altered by whatever drug you take, whatever that drug is. And then all your phobias that when you're straight, right? When you're straight, you wouldn't get up here and go, right? Right? You'd wait till you had a couple or you'd pop something to kind of, so that when no one, you know, so that it, all of a sudden you're like, You know, you don't really care what anybody's thinking, and everybody's looking at you going, that is the most ridiculous dance I've ever seen in my life. But you don't even know they're talking about you because all your phobias are now gone, and you're thinking you're Fred Astaire up on the dance floor, right? You're just getting it away, right? Because all your phobias are, go are gone. You, you, you don't even know it anymore. But when you're, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, you know what? I'm not making a fool of, of the Lord. He's in me. Amen. For me to do that, that would not be a good testimony for, for the Lord. Right? I'm not. I, he brought me too far. He brought me across the Red Sea. He brought me out of Egypt. Amen. He brought me out of bondage. He brought me to a place of understanding. He brought me to a place of love. He brought me to a pace of being able to choose right from wrong. And to have, and he gave me moral and ethical resistance beyond natural resistance because without the Holy Ghost, I couldn't resist anything. It was, it was this demand, the, the march to the beat of different drums, the call to swim against the current of popular thought the requirement to embrace New Testament values and principles, the vibrant pursuit of righteousness, which, which required the power from on high. Listen, without, without the Holy Ghost in us, we cannot stay the course. You can't stay the course. It's so important to stay focused and pray. I know it gets old sometimes. 
And I know you wonder why prayer hasn't been answered. But you've got to keep going back to the, the throne of God. You've got to keep going back and praying and sending up prayers. Amen. You just got to keep asking God, Lord, I don't understand, but I keep, I, my faith is in you. My faith is not in man. My faith is not in the things of this world. My faith is in you. I don't understand everything, and I, if you don't talk to me now about it or give it to me in word, when we get up to heaven, I need some understanding. You may not talk to him that way, but I, I've, I've sent some things up to him because there's some things I need answered. And I'm not saying it in a disrespectful way. I'm a, I'm a inquire. But these victories can't be won by your own power. Nor your own sheer human effort. That is why Jesus told them to tarry in Jerusalem until they were endued with power. Amen. There's something about the power of the Holy Ghost in you. That we need. The power of the Spirit enables us to stand in the face of peer pressure. In my old, in my old company, when the Lord first began to deal with me, they did not like it. I, was, I hung out at the bar every night. Every night. Not just once in a great while. I'd say I'm going up from one. One o'clock was when I was leaving. When the Lord came into my life, of course, I didn't do that anymore. And they did not like that. I had pornography pasted, taped to my bumpers. I had it taped to my steering wheels. I had it taped to my seats had it taped on my dashboard. They got in my car and they plastered my car with that stuff. And I am not going to tell you that I lost the Holy Ghost that night. I ripped every one of them out of there and I came in there and I went to I went to screaming at them. I'm not saying that was the right thing to do because I lost my testimony. But it angered me that they would because of a change in my life that they would reject me that much after being with them for 15 years that they would reject me that much to do something like that so that's why I tell you that I have closer friends in the house of God than I had on the job I'm telling you they never the friends in the church never plastered no trash on my my car and on my windows just because I God changed the old man that was relatively in the earlier years of Christ so yeah. anyway so I remember hearing a California pastor tell a young man who came into his church and began living for God the other men who lived in the boarding house were where he was staying figured it would not last they com they conspired and, and this is what's so strange this is so much like me they conspired to tempt him in a new way he couldn't resist they would make him fall they hired a prostitute to proposition him in what and in what they thought would be a weak moment but instead 
of her causing him to fall, he began to witness to her and won her to Christ. Let me tell you something. Your testimony, no matter what your testimony is, you know, that speaks louder than quoting scripture. And the way you live your life will speak louder than you sitting down and quoting verbatim the word of God. If you live your life like Christ wants you to live your life and you exemplify Christ in every setting, they will know there's something different about you. The power of the Spirit enables us to stand when our family is opposed to our faith. The power of the Holy Ghost. Listen, there have been many that the family has disowned them. Biological family have disowned them because they've now became Christians filled with the Holy Ghost. There's something different when you're filled with the Holy Ghost than just being a Christian. Everyone that has forsaken houses, listen to this, this is Matthew 19, 29, Mark 10, 30. Everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. Our family in Christ is much larger than our natural family. Your family becomes larger when you're in the church. Becomes larger. When the heat is on, you can stand. When you are all alone, you can't. You also, when you are all alone, you can stand. With the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. I, I, I've been places that I felt like I had nobody. But the Holy Ghost was there. Though I had nobody standing behind me. Though I had nobody with me. God was still with me. No matter how bad that situation was. No matter how, no matter how bad that circumstance was. No one else might have been with me. But God was with me. The Lord was with me. And let me tell you, let me encourage you. There are times that we're all going to be in places and situations and we're going to question, where is God in this situation? And God is still right there. Especially if you've woke up every morning and had some prayer time and had some reading of the word. Let me tell you something. Everything is based on relationship. Everything is based on relationship. You cannot... Be a Sunday morning only prayer warrior. You can't be a Sunday morning only worshiper. You've got to be up Sunday morning praying. You've got to be up Monday morning praying. You've got to be up Tuesday morning praying. And so on and so forth. And on Saturday morning, you get up again and you pray again. And you say, God, I'm giving you glory. And if, you, if you've got to go and quote scripture, Enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Begin to thank him for what you had all week long or just waking you up out of, out of your sleep. Thank him for that. Amen. I, I thank the Lord. Sometimes it sounds crazy, but I thank him that I was just able to roll that egg out of bed and then get the other leg out of bed and just sit myself up. 
and get up off the bed like that. I'm just thankful. You know, silly stuff. I know it sounds silly, but you are, that's real. There's a day coming that I may not be able to do that. And while I have, while he's given me the ability, I want him to know I thank him. I thank him for a mind. Lord, have mercy. Let me tell you something. The stuff they put in our food is affecting people's minds sooner than it did in the old days. I talked to a 92-year-old. She's 93, 92. She could tell you everything about this area. Woman, sharp. She don't eat, she don't eat all this stuff processed stuff everything she eat has got to be cooked right right we're trying low fat butter low fat this and generic and GMOs and natural this and natural eggs let me tell you something I, I don't know I don't know and I'm not a conspiracy I'm not a conspiracy guy but I'm going to tell you something our government has something to do with our food when you've got to grow food fast enough when you've got to grow chicken fast enough to feed our nation and you've got to grow cattle fast enough and now we're not even growing we're not even paying to have our cattle grown here most of it's imported so you don't even know what they're feeding them and then you all uh, uh, well y'all may not wonder but I think Lord why is why is cancer so prevalent now Cancer breaking out everywhere. Why is memory, why is memory becoming a problem? I'm taking vitamins now that's supposed to help my memory. Why? Because I see people my age already going. You know? I'm like, Lord, Jesus, keep this mind in you. I, I, please, Jesus, keep this mind in you. I'm popping vitamin for brain cells and everything else because I'm and praying for it so it stays focused and doesn't flutter away. Amen. So if you wake up and you know you need to get up and pray, you need to thank God for waking you up and, and having the right mind that said, oh, I need to start this day with prayer just because he woke me up. Amen. Stand with me. Thank you. So the power to choose, you need to wake up with a choice or, or with a choose in your spirit tomorrow morning that you're going to pray, you're going to serve God no matter what. Amen. 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 Even if you don't have a penny to your name, Amen. I'm still going to serve the Lord. Amen. He said, I've never seen my seed begging for bread. And I haven't begged for bread. God being good to his seed. Amen. So you all, you all to thank him for being good to your seed. Hallelujah. You're his seed. You're his seed. If you're able to retire early, you need to give God some glory. You got, you're able to retire early. That's a blessing. Blessing. Blessing, Bishop. Amen. Yeah, you need to give God some glory for that. Amen. A lot of folks still not able to do that. I'm thinking I might work. I might be working on. Unless the Lord, I'm praying the Lord come back sooner. Then I don't have to retire anywhere. I just retire to heaven. Amen. That's all I'm, I, I'm, I've been practicing my. 
I've been, I've been, <laughs> I'm practicing my lift off. I don't know about you, but I, I walk, sometimes I know people look at me and go, this guy's crazy. I'm like, Lord, I'm ready. This, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm letting you know I have no root in this land. I'm, I'm ready to come home whenever you're ready to take me. I'm ready. Amen. Nothing here attracts me. Nothing. I have no roots. I'd like my children and my grand to make it, but at, with all that being said, no matter what, this is not my home. I'm just passing through. Anyway, choose to get up tomorrow morning to pray and read your word and to be endued with power through the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you for today's time of fellowship and scripture. We ask you to bless each.